You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, good morning, congregation. Great to be able to worship with you today. If you have your Bibles, if you would grab those, look with me to the book of Malachi. Easiest way to find that is to go to Matthew and back up. It's the last book of the Old Testament. Um, Grab your sermon notes. This morning we are concluding this series. We've been in a series that we have titled um, Being Right on the Money, talking about this money tool. And since we had a guest last week, Dr. Ted Bell, I wanted to just do a quick kind of review of what we've been talking about to bring you up to what we want to talk about today. The first Sunday of this series, we talked about God's perspective on money. And basically, this is what we said. We said, from God's view, uh, money's a tool. Not only that, that God owns it all. So God's the owner. We're the stewards of what he's entrusted to us. And what he's entrusted to us is really just a tool. It's like any tool I would have in the shop. It's a tool that we happen to carry in our wallets or in our pocketbooks. But it's just a tool. And so it's important that we have a right perspective about money, because this is what I know about money. Money can help you or it can hurt you. It can set you up or it can mess you up, right? It's a thing called money. So we, we need to have God's perspective. The second week we talked about just some biblical financial principles. God's Word has a lot to say about, about money, how we can use the money tool wisely. So if you missed that, that message, I would encourage you to go to our website and, and check out the message there. But today, as we conclude this series, I want to talk with you about a principle, if embraced, that will help you honor God in your life and position you for God's blessing in your life and for your life. So let me ask a question, and this question is a setup. So I'm telling you, I'm setting you up before I set you up. Okay, and just a little warning. How many of you would say, like, I want God's blessing on my life? I would assume everyone, the lights make it a little hard to see, but I would assume everyone has their hand up because, like, no, I mean, no one in here would say, you know, I just want God to curse me. Like, that would be ridiculous, right? But we, we, we all want God's blessing for our lives. And what I've discovered to... What I've discovered in my own life and just through my study of the Word is that if we want to experience God's best for our lives, then we have to align our lives to His Word and His principles. In other words, you can't go your own way and do your own thing and at the same time expect to experience God's best. As I said a few weeks ago, that's dysfunctional Christianity. What's dysfunctional Christianity? Thinking that you can say to God, God, I'm going to do whatever I want and I expect you to bless me in it doesn't work that way. You know, oftentimes, oftentimes we're guilty of trying to bend God's word to us rather than aligning our lives to God's word. Now, all of those folks were in the last service. None of them are in here with us this morning. That's the good news in this service. Uh, but oftentimes that's what happens. Is what we, we want to we like move God's word to us when reality is we need to be aligning ourselves, bringing ourselves um, to that of God's Word, allowing His Word to shape our lives. And we discover God's best as we set our hearts to honor God. As it relates to our finances and this thing called money, we discover God's best and experience His provision when we choose to honor God with what He's blessed us with. So today, I'm going to talk with you about this principle of tithing. Not only did we discover some 
great promises in God's word about tithing, but I can tell you that I have been practicing this principle that we're going to talk about today for 35 years. I'm 53. About age 18, I came to understand, wow, there's a principle in God's word that works. So from 18 forward, my wife and I were married when I was about 22, and she came on board, and so we've been living this out for 35 years. And so what I've come to discover is God is faithful to his promises and faithful to his word. How many of you believe God will do what he said he's going to do? And he's true to his word. We all believe that. And so I can tell you as I've practiced this principle, God has been faithful to bring his provision for my life. So as you look there to your notes this morning, I think this is, this is kind of where we're all at today. We can cling to what we have and launch out on our own, and we can honor God with the tithe and live in confident expectation of God's provision. I think what you have to understand is that your decision will determine God's response. In other words, there's a point of responsibility that lies with you. Your choice, your decision determines how God is going to respond to how you're living out the principles, the truth of his word. So your decision will determine whether you experience the promise connected to the principle or whether you miss the promise connected to the principle. God, throughout his word, has established principles that work for our benefit as we choose to, to live out the principles. And tithing is one of those principles. Now, tithing is not a matter of the law. Matter of fact, it's a principle that was established before the law. Oftentimes, as I'm interacting with individuals about, about tithing, um, the conversation sometimes goes like this. Well, you know, Pastor, tithing is the law, Old Testament, Old Covenant. You know, we're living under grace, so we're no longer under the law. Uh, and I said, you're right. Praise God, we're living under grace. That's good news. Uh, we're no longer living under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the law. But I said, now let me tell you the rest of the story. Because they only know a part of the story. Let me tell you the rest of the story. And here's the rest of the story. The principle of tithing actually precedes the law. The first time we find tithing mentioned is in Genesis 14 as Abraham brings a tithe of the increase that he's come to. Not only that, Jesus in Matthew 23 talks about the principle of tithing. So tithing is not like just the law. No, tithing precedes the law It's a principle that worked then, but it's also a principle that works today. A principle established in God's word to bring his good for our lives. So this morning we want to look at this passage of scripture where the prophet Malachi is confronting the people of Israel concerning this principle, the principle of tithing. They were robbing God in the midst of robbing God. They were really robbing themselves. So... God speaking through the prophet Malachi is calling them back to this principle, calling them back to that which they, which they have been neglecting. And so let's read, let's read the words here that God spoke to the prophet Malachi. They're on the screen as well. If you have your scripture, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, 
how are we to return? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Notice, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines of your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So the prophet Malachi is bringing a pretty strong rebuke here for the people of Israel, basically saying your lives are a mess and you're under a curse because you're robbing God. So rather than honoring God with the first part of their income, they were keeping it all for themselves. And they're thinking, possibly they were thinking, well, we can manage it better than God. So we're just going to keep it all for us. And Malachi says, man, you've been thinking you're going to excel in that, but actually it's working against you because you're not honoring this principle, this principle that God has established in his word. So Malachi challenges them, or he calls them back to this principle of tithing so that they might experience God's provision and God's protection. Now it's interesting that this is the only place in all of the Bible that God says, test me in this. You can read from Genesis to Revelation, this is the only place you'll find God saying to us, his creation, test me in this. Now why would he say that? Let me tell you why I believe he would say that. This thing of tithing mathematically, analytically, doesn't make sense. It it really doesn't. I mean, if you kind of do the math and you're just kind of staying on the analytical side, it doesn't make sense. For example, let me see if I can illustrate it for you this morning. Let's say that I go to work and I earn $10. And so that's what I have here this morning. I have 10 $1 bills. Um... If you have 10 $100 bills, I could borrow those and illustrate it the same way. The numbers, the numbers work the same, but I earn $10. And so the principle of tithing is this. I give the first part, the first portion to God. That's the principle. I honor God with the first part. Um, the word tithe, the Hebrew word tithe means a tenth or the, a tenth part of. And so I earn $10. And I say, I'm going to honor God with my tithe with the first part. So I give God one of the ten. Now I have how many dollars left? Oh, y'all are so smart. I have nine dollars. How many of you know nine is less than ten? Are you following me? Nine is less. So it would seem like I have less. Therefore, God says, test me in this. Because again, I'm telling you, mathematically, work the numbers, it doesn't work. But God says this, if you trust me, if you'll test me in this, if you'll place me as the priority of your life, I'll I'll help you do more with the nine than you could have done with the ten. That's why he says, test me. Try me in this. See if I will not show up and show off in your lives and in your finances. But what we see in the, in the text this morning is that the Israelites, 
Well, they were under a curse because they were not honoring God with their tithes. They were experiencing this hardship in their lives because they were ignoring this very principle that God had given, get this, for their benefit, for their good. So rather than honoring God with their goods, they were trying to keep all of their money. And in the end, it was like costing them. Again, it was, it was working against them. So Malachi is saying, no, honor the principle. Honor God first. Now, folks, I, I would assume you've probably figured this out by now. But in case you haven't, let me tell you this. God doesn't need your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He spoke the world into existence. From what I understand in Scripture, we're going to spend eternity walking on streets of gold. Do you think he needs your hundred bucks? Listen, this is what I know. God doesn't need your money, but you need God's blessing. You need God working in your life for your good. And I believe that's one of the reasons that God's established this principle. It really... It really, again, positions us to experience God's greatness in our lives. Now, if the principle is true, and I believe it is, and if God is good to his word, and again, I I believe he is, then why do Christ's followers, why do believers not tithe? Why do they not honor the principle? There's an organization called Pew Research And they did some analysis, some study on why Christians don't tithe. And and they came back with these numbers. They said 38% of Christians don't tithe because they say they can't afford it. In other words, they look at their income and they look at their expenses and they say, wow, there's not enough to go around, therefore we cannot afford to tithe. And I would say that thinking is backwards. Actually, I would say you cannot afford not to tithe. Because what you need to open your life in a greater way for God to bring his provision for your life. So 38% say we don't tithe because we, we, we can't afford it. In this study, they went on to discover that 33% of individuals says they cannot tithe because of debt. In other words, because of circumstance could be circumstance, or their own choosing. They've accumulated so much debt, they feel like they can't honor the principle. So get this, they pay their creditor while they're robbing God. Think about that. And then the study went on to say that 18% of, of Christ followers don't tithe because husband and wife can't agree. They're like in different places on what do we do, how do we respond to this? So this issue creates tension in the family. So there, there's certainly reasons that people don't honor God with this principle, the principle of tithing. But what I want to do this morning, the few minutes I have left, is I want to give you five reasons why I believe you should honor God with the tithe. Of the principle that works in your life for your good. Here's the first reason. You have your notes there. Tithing is a statement of priority, and this is what it says. It says that God's first in your life. It's making a statement. Through the tithe, the tithe is always the first part or the first portion of your increase. It's to be set apart like before the rent, before the mortgage, before the bills, before you go shopping, because it belongs to God and it must come first. It's the first part. 
we're to give the Lord as we're to give the Lord a tithe as like a token of or, or a statement of our gratitude and the acknowledgement that He is He's the source of our lives. So it's it's a statement of priority. If I were to invite you to our home for dinner, say my wife Charlotte and I want you to come to our home for dinner, and and so she's busy all day working in the kitchen and we've set a date and a time and so on the defined day and the time you show up to our home to share a meal with us and so let's say we greet i greet you at the door and and you come into our home the table's set and i say to you hey why don't you go sit in the corner my family and i are going to enjoy the meal and if there's anything left over then you can come to the table That would be rude, disrespectful, and dishonoring. Yet oftentimes that's what we do in our relationship with God. We cover everything else and then we see if there's anything left over to bring to God. Now, hear me. Boy, it gets really quiet about right now. You can hear a pin drop in the room. I don't say that to make you feel bad. I don't say that in a condemning way. I just want you to think about how you're handling this money tool. Because it's connected to your heart. And we never want this money thing to be like the God of our lives. Because hear me, it's just a tool. So tithing is a statement of priority that God is first in our lives. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 reads like this. It's on the screen. Would you read this with me? Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Notice it says, honor the Lord not with your last fruits, but what? With your first fruits. So first and foremost, I believe that tithing is really a statement of your heart. It's a statement of priority, the place that God has in your life. Not only that, tithing is an act of trust. It's an act of faith. As you honor God with the first part of your income, you're trusting God to meet your needs. The tithing, oftentimes we make tithing a money issue. And hear me, friends, it's not a money issue. It's not about how much you're writing the check for or what you give when you go to push pay or however you give, if you give. It is not a money issue. It's not about how much or how little you make or how much or how little you give. Listen, tithing is a trust issue. Do you really trust God to bring his provision for your life? Or do you think you can do it better on your own? Because God's saying, hey, here's the principle. Here's the principle that I'm giving for your good. And again, I've already showed you the the math of it. It doesn't mathematically make sense. So are you willing to trust that God will do what he said he'll do? Are you willing to step out in faith to believe his word, to take the principle and to flesh it out in your life and for your finances? And we can say we trust God and we can say God is faithful, but the proof 
The proof of that is how we live. If you're saying one thing and you're living another, then we have a problem. Jesus called that hypocritical. So tithing is really, it, it's, a, it's an act of trust. God, I trust, I trust you. Not only is tithing a, a trust issue, tithing is also an act of obedience. As you tithe, you're taking God at his word and you're putting to work his principles. You're taking a principle that God has established for your good and fleshing it out in your life. And listen, when you honor God with obedience, God honors you. We see it consistently throughout the scripture. Again, as you align your life to God's word, God brings what he, the truth of the promises of your word active in your life and for your life. Now, now let me say, be very clear on this. Tithing is not mandatory to salvation. Not like, well, you can only be saved if you tithe. Listen, that is really bad theology. Nor does God love you more when you tithe and love you less when you don't tithe. Listen, God loves you outrageously all of the time. But there, but there are principles that God's established in his word. And as we align ourselves to that, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's honoring to God. So tithing is what? I'm just being obedient to what God's word says. And... and in Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, chapter 27, verse 30, listen to how the scripture reads. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the tree. So this was an agrarian culture. So this tithe from, from everything, land or fruit of the soil, notice how the scripture reads, it belongs to the Lord and it's holy to the Lord. So the tithe belongs to who? To the Lord. So if you keep it, what are you doing? Again, I, I don't want to make you feel bad. I, I just want you to see the truth of what God's word says. The tithe belongs to the Lord. It's all his. And he's saying, hey, honor me with the first part and see if I don't open the windows of heaven. And pour into your life. Well, tithing is a, it's an act of obedience. I'm taking God's word and the principles of his word and I'm putting it to work in my life. Not only is tithing an act of obedience, I really believe that tithing is an act of worship. That I'm, I'm honoring God. As I bring the tithe, I'm trusting him. It's a statement of priority. I'm saying, God, you're first in my life. You're first in my family. You're first in my finances. I'm trusting you. What is that? It's called worship. You know, oftentimes when we, when we hear the word worship, we think about, well, we're going to sing a song and we're going to lift our hands. And, and that is a form of worship, but that's only one form of worship. When we honor God with the tithe, what are we doing? We're declaring our dependency on Him. We're acknowledging God, You are the source. And I'm grateful for Your provision for my life and for my family. Listen, the company you work for is not your source. Their name may be on the paycheck you receive, but listen, don't miss this. They're not your provider. They're not your source. 
God is your source. God is your provider. And He is working through that company, through that organization, to bring His provision for your life. So when we acknowledge that and we bring the tithe, it is an act of worship. Saying, God, we acknowledge you as the provider. And our trust, our faith, our hope is not in money. It's in you. So when we receive the tithe and offering on Sunday morning, it is a part of our work. It's not like, okay, we were singing and worshiping and then we stopped to gather the money. No, we are worshiping. It is all worship. We're presenting ourselves to God. So tithing is a, it's an act of obedience. It's, it's an act of worship. Not only is it an act of worship, but I believe, here's the fifth and final reason, I believe that tithing opens our lives to God's blessing and God's protection. His blessing, His protection. Why do I believe that? Because it's exactly what His Word says. He tithing positions us for God to work in our finances and for our good. And one of my favorite tithing stories is about a man named Robert Gilmore Latonu, Latone. I'm not sure I have his last name exactly right. I encourage you to Google his name and read his story. It's a phenomenal story. It goes back to the 20s, 1920s, 30s, 40s, into the 50s. He was a phenomenally successful businessman entrepreneur, has over 300 patents to his name, and his field of work was around earth-moving equipment. So this was a time when a lot of roads were being, being built, a lot of clearing that was happening. The thing about Robert Gilmore is that not only was he a great businessman, but he loved Jesus. Dropped out of school when he's in the sixth grade. The education thing just wasn't working for him. Um, and he began to, even early in his life, he began to create and um, Man, God began to bless his life. And, and the thing that's interesting about Robert Gilmore is he actually came to a place in his life where he was doing what I call the reverse tithing. He was giving God 90% and he was living on 10%. Pretty amazing. So you should read his story. But there's a couple statements as I was reading about, about Robert Gilmore, a couple statements that he made that I thought were very interesting one is, is this, listen as I read, it's not how much of my money I give to God, but how much of God's money I keep for myself. That's a different way of thinking about it, isn't it? But this is my, this is my favorite quote from Robert Gilmore. When, when he was talking about giving, he says, you know, I shovel money out and God shovels it back. He just has a bigger shovel. I... Listen, I don't believe God's trying to be stingy with us. I really believe that we serve a gracious, good, loving Father who wants to be generous to us. And he's saying, trust me. That's why he said in Malachi chapter 3, test me in this and see if I will not reveal my, my greatness. If you look back to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, there's two benefits that's clearly identified and what Malachi was saying to the children of Israel, let's read this again. See if you can pick up the two benefits. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have room enough for it. 
I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. So here's the two benefits. God says, if you honor me with the principle, I'm going to bring blessing beyond what you can contain, and I'm going to protect your life. I'm going to guard, I'm going to guard what you have. I'm going to guard your life. So today, each of us have a choice to make. So God's given us a free will. You have a choice to make. You have a choice to make as to how you're going to manage God's goods. How you're going to manage what you have. We can keep it all and be on our own. Or we can honor God first and have His promise to bless to redeem and to protect our lives. Or or let me say it another way. We can honor God first and live in confident expectation of His provision, or we can launch out on our own, keep it all, and do the best we can. It's really your choice. This is what I've discovered in my own life, is that I can trust God more than I can trust myself. Now, I I would never encourage you to to go out and bet. So don't go out of here saying the pastor told us to go bet. But if you were going to bet money on God or Pastor Farrell, I would encourage you to bet on God. Yeah, I trust God more than I trust my own ability. So for my wife and I, and for our home, for the Lemmings household, we live in confident expectation of God's provision. Why? It's what His Word says. And we've chosen to honor God with the principle of His Word. And I could tell you story after story of just how God showed up in our lives and for our family. Again, God's true to His Word. The principle works. Matter of fact, I would say, if you were to ask me, Pastor, what do you think is the greatest financial management principle? I believe the, the first and the greatest is this honor God with what He's blessed you with, and He's going to work for your good. Again, I'm only telling you what God's Word says. It's there in black and white. He says, test me in this. So, I would encourage you I would encourage you. I know for, for some here, you know, I've now preached this message three times this morning. For some of you here, you're grinning from ear to ear because you've been living this out and you know how good it is. And for, for some of you, you've been grimacing and seeking a little lower in the pew as I've talked about this today because you know it's painful. Listen, I'm, I'm just being truthful. I get to be here looking out at faces, and I can see it on your face. And I don't say that to be condemning. I, I, listen, I, I think we've discovered something in the Word that works for your good, and I would want you to know it. Now, what you do with it is really up to you. But I think you have a decision to make. What are you going to do with this money too? What you don't want to do is you don't want to allow this money thing to become a God in your life. Because hear me, if it does, it will mess you up. It'll rob you. It will rob you of experiencing the fullness of what God has for you. Again, friends, I believe, I live my life this way. I believe that God is good and He really desires to bring His goodness, His greatness right where you live. So he's saying, test me in this. Give me the opportunity. 
you pray with me? Lord, I thank you today for your goodness. God, I thank you that uh, God, you've given us this tool called money to be able to use. And Lord, my prayer for myself, for all of my friends here today, may we not allow this money thing to become a God in our lives. May we not take this, this thing that's temporary and, and bow to it that it would control us. God, what I know is if that happens, then money can mess us up. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help us to take this money to and to use it wisely, to honor God and to serve others. That's the very purpose for which you blessed us. Hey, Lord, for those who are here today who've been practicing this principle of tithing, God, I know they have stories to tell, stories of how you've been true to your word. Lord, for those who are here today who are struggling, thinking like, wow, this doesn't make sense. God, I pray that they would have the willingness and the and the faith to step out and to do exactly what your word says to test you to test your faithfulness to test your promise and God what I know God you're going to be true to your word and you're going to show up in their lives in a phenomenal way because it's what you said you would do again Holy Spirit help us to use this money tool in a way that honors you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.